0: From Jesus Revolution, tell us
1: about it. It's a nice movie. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It looks I mean, yeah. I, you're tearing up. Yeah. I see you getting emotional. <laughs> what, do, what are you feeling? <laughs> Can I play Doctor? Um, yes, yeah, do of course. Um, I, I, I love this movie. Yeah. I really love it. Um, when, my, when we first saw the first cut, uh, sat down in our home, and, and Kate saw it. She said, "Oh my God, it's the best thing you've ever done." She started crying. <laughs> but uh, he's. Uh, He's a man looking for his own faith and finds it as well. Uh, A man whose church is empty and he can't get uh, traction and he's starting to think he's going to be fired from his job as a pastor. And uh, uh, this hippie comes into his life and he finds a new purpose and uh, started a movement that is still, still going.
0: Welcome to the Scripture and Plain Reason podcast,
1: an engaging podcast where we affirm the authority and the clarity of Scripture. My name is Ryan. And my name is Brian.
0: Welcome back, listeners. We are here for another episode of the Scripture and Plain Reason podcast, and we've been talking about, in the last few episodes, a series around revival and revivalism. We talked about the Asbury revival, and we are going to kind of wrap up this series with a quick recap or review of jesus revolution which is a movie that's out right now brian i know you mentioned in the last episode you saw this with carissa i have not seen it but i've read up about the movie but why don't we jump right in and you know when you think about jesus revolution and you think about christian movies the first one that comes to mind always for me is fireproof with kirk Cameron. And I'm curious, was this just another one of those Christian flicks that we all typically recall from the genre of the fireproof uh, type of movie, or, or did they do something else with this one?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think we should start with just announcing this is a spoiler alert. We are going to talk about the contents of the movie, The Jesus Revolution. So if you have not seen the movie and you plan to see the movie, you may want to listen to this episode later. With that said, it was different by far than what I would refer to as the Christian flicks that you referenced, like Fireproof. And I actually enjoyed the the content, the storyline of Fireproof. I think there was the big movie, Courageous. And they've had a whole series of those, some that Kirk Cameron has starred in. But I had a friend who is in Guam. His name's a shout out to Joe Sarney. But Joe is a videographer and he works for Harvest Baptist Ministries in Guam. And he was talking about the Jesus Revolution and he posted this on his social media before I watched the Jesus Revolution. In fact, to be totally transparent, I was reticent to see it because I thought it was going to be just like some of the other low budget Christian films that I had watched like Fireproof. But here's what Joe said. Fireproof is a film made by pastors with the help of filmmakers. The Jesus Revolution is a film made by filmmakers with the help of pastors. There's a big difference. So that's what Joe said. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to see this movie. And that was exactly my experience. It was really well done. The acting was great. The filming was spectacular. The uh, actors were, as I mentioned, excellent. And we've seen them, known them, some of them we really like in other movies or television series. Uh, so it was quite different than the normal low-budget Christian film that um, is high on you know, giving the gospel message, which is really good. And giving uh, the Bible message very clearly. But sometimes you can tell that uh, they didn't have a lot to uh, put into the movie and to the filming of the movie. Uh, This one was quite different. So I was really um, surprised by how good it was. And uh, actually, my uh, almost 20 year old daughter, when we left, after shedding a few tears during the movie and laughing a lot as well, she said to me, She said, That's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. So quite different than. Uh, Some of those Christian flicks that uh, you referenced, Ryan.
0: Yeah. And, you know, no offense to Kirk Cameron, because I think he's a, a pretty good actor. And I remember him fondly growing up with Growing Pains and that TV show as a kid. And I, to your point, think it's a combination of low budget. These films don't have massive budgets, but also just not the experience and knowledge that some of these more Seasoned filmmakers have, and it sounds like this was a seasoned filmmaker with really good actors, but then the content really being poured in by pastors and other evangelical leaders throughout the country is that fair?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Um this was directed by John Irwin. I didn't know much about John Irwin, but I did know that I really appreciated some of his earlier movies that were Christian movies. I don't know if you went to see, if Nikki went with you to see Mom's Night Out a few years ago. It was a Christian comedy, um, and I think you may have seen I Can Only Imagine. We showed that movie for uh, a movie night once at the church. Um, Really good movie. And he also uh, directed Woodlawn, which came out a few years ago, about a football player, football team. So he's he's got a string, actually, of of really good movies that aren't of the kind of category that you and I both described of, uh, you want to go see another Christian flick, we'll have to pay the same price for the tickets, but we know it's not going to be as good. Um, so he's got a string of really good, well-done movies. Now, here's a spoiler but uh, alert, but uh, here's what the story – the plot line is about Greg Laurie, his wife Kathy – Basically, this story is about how he came to faith in Christ. Ultimately, he started a, a ministry, a church, Harvest, out in California, and uh, it is a thriving ministry. Sometimes you'll see Greg Laurie. I, I really like his voice. I don't know if you're familiar, Ryan, with listening to Greg Laurie, but uh, he has a very distinct preaching voice. And um, he has done some commercials, kind of like ones you see with Franklin Graham from time to time on um, television now, on the news stations, giving the gospel. Greg Laurie is just very clear when he articulates the gospel. And I have appreciated that over the years. Um, But the story is really about how Greg came to know the Lord through the Jesus Freak, Jesus Movement, Jesus Revolution time. Uh, The other stars, so the guy who plays Greg Laurie is Joel Courtney. My daughter said she'd seen him in a lot of movies, maybe even some Hallmark movies. And then the other star of the show is the Christian hippie Lonnie Frisbee. Um, He's played by a very famous actor right now, Jonathan Ramey, who's Jesus in The Chosen. And then Pastor Chuck Smith, um, who is the founder of Calvary Chapel, his part is acted by Kelsey Grammer, who we know from Cheers and Frazier. But the whole um, drama is about the Jesus movement, the Jesus Revolution, as it's called, or some people will kind of pejoratively talk to, about them as being the Jesus freaks. And it was really a, a revival of sorts that we talked about briefly last week, Ryan, that started in the late 1960s, going into the 1970s. And it's really where the denomination, Of Calvary Chapel was founded with Chuck Smith, and it talks about how Chuck Smith invited some of the hippies that were coming to know the Lord into their church. The most noteworthy one was Lonnie Frisbee, and uh, it just tracks that story. And then Greg Laurie is one of the ones that comes to know the Lord uh, through this. And so the film tracks the romantic relationship of Greg Laurie and Kathy Laurie, but it's really authentic. I mean, it it has all the elements of someone who just wants to rejoice at uh, God and his powerful work, bringing people to himself through faith in Christ, hippies, homeless, surfers. Uh, So there's that element that just causes your heart to rejoice. And then there's also something involved for, you know, Uh, girls like my daughter, not that she wasn't encouraged by the revival too, but uh, watching the romantic relationship between uh, Greg and his wife, Kathy, and how they came to know Christ, how they were on drugs, uh, they were in the hippie movement. And um, at one point, Greg says to Lori, if you ever get in my way of following Christ, we're breaking up. And later on in the movie, she says the same thing to him. Yeah, so it's just a really good movie. In terms of cinematic uh, production, acting, drama, and I'm pretty certain in the research I've done before and after the movie, just in that, that movement, the Jesus movement, it seems to be fairly historically accurate. There were things I really liked about the movie that maybe we can mention in a minute. We can kind of put on our Siskel and Ebert hats and, and, and critique it. And there were some things that I, I, I didn't appreciate and thought should have been done differently and perhaps could have given the wrong message. But overall, it was, it was a uh, – um, do you give this a, like a five Rotten Tomatoes? How does that work? I'm not sure how the Rotten Tomato uh, <laughs> category of, of film critique goes. Is it the more tomatoes you give, the better or the less? Do you know? Yeah,
0: I think it's the more the better. Maybe we'll do a thumbs up, thumbs down, and we'll do a bit of a, a Rotten Tomatoes out of a hundred. I think it's out of a hundred yeah. tomatoes. Um, we'll give it a rating.
1: Oh, that sounds good. Did you ever watch Siskel and Ebert when you were young?
0: Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I, I watched their reviews, and th- I thought they were pretty good movie reviewers for the most part.
1: Yeah. It seemed like, though, every movie I liked, they they gave a thumbs down to. So maybe it was just the movies my parents allowed me to watch, and they didn't think they were that good. Or I just don't appreciate good movies. I'm not sure which one it was. (laughs) Well, just
0: for our listeners' sake, uh, Joel Courtney, who plays Greg Laurie, uh, also played one of the kids in a a fairly popular sci-fi movie back in 2011 called Super 8. So just for reference purposes on where Joel Courtney may have been in, in other movies. I I did think it was interesting, Brian, how they focused on pastor Chuck Smith in the movie and how his approach to evangelicalism back in the sixties and seventies, where he opened the doors to hippies and homeless people. I, I thought that was fantastic, especially Within relation to the fact that back then it sounded like Christianity was for everyone, but for the hippies and homeless people, they needed to uh, maybe get back to a straight and narrow before they're they're able to come into the church. So I, I thought that was a positive just based on the review that I had read and and certainly looking forward to watching the movie as well. So I can get all the additional context, but maybe we'll start Brian with just your general Thumbs up, thumbs down on the movie, and then what would you rate it out of a hundred on a Rotten Tomato scale?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, I would say the the highlights for me, you know, I'm going in there um, not just as somebody who's wanting to watch a movie. I mean, because the the following week I went to see Creed, and uh, I think this is number three in the in the Creed trilogy. And I thought that was grand, but that's a whole different genre for sure. So so I went to see this movie um, as a Christian, as a pastor, as a student of church history, as a student of revival history. So I didn't go in as an unbiased observer. I, I went in kind of maybe a, a bit skeptical knowing that Hollywood produced it, but also open-minded to say, hey, I, I really would like to see how this is portrayed and how it squares with what I know about the history of the moment, what I know about these characters that are being acted out. So one of the things that hit me right away is they start with some actual footage um, and then they, they, they actually had replicated it of the baptisms, these mass baptisms that were taking place out at a place called Pirate's Cove in California, where Calvary Chapel, my understanding, not Calvary Chapel, but Greg Laurie's Church Harvest still does their baptisms at that very place where Greg Laurie was baptized. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool because you see all of these hippies and um, all of these people out here and the shots that I saw, it was either um, Lonnie Frisbee, the hippie, or it was Chuck Smith, um, the founder of uh, Calvary Chapel doing the baptisms out there, and uh, these folks were celebrating these people making a confession of faith. Now, I'll get into some of the things I didn't really appreciate later, but those baptisms, particularly Greg Laurie's baptism, when Greg Laurie's baptized, he steps into the water, and you're not really sure if he's a Christian or not because he's been running away from. Uh, The gospel from the word. He's been invited to Calvary Chapel. He's attended a few of their meetings. He's under conviction. He says to Kathy, his girlfriend at the time, We've tried everything, and it always turns out to be empty. How do we know this is not going to be the same thing? We're going to be disappointed again. And um, she's already trusted Christ, and she says, This is never going to let us down. Christ is never going to let us down. So he goes out into the water to be baptized by Lonnie Frisbee. And Lonnie basically asks him, as he's a believer, and his answer is anything but confidence. Well, um, Lonnie basically leads him into a sinner's prayer of repentance and faith in Christ, and and he he says, "I believe, I repent, and I believe." And then, as he's baptized, they just have this wonderful cinematic uh, display of looking like he's underwater and he he is underwater, but as he's underwater, it pictures his identification with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection just so beautifully. So I really appreciated that. Certainly was touched by the hippies and the homeless and the surfers coming to Christ. And the way they portrayed it in the movie, Ryan, is um, you've got these kind of uptight people, in this little small church, the way they portray it, and I don't think it was completely historically accurate, but it certainly made it entertaining, is that Chuck Smith was just trying to be faithful in this little small church, couldn't get any visitors, and then all of a sudden the hippies show up, and the church is packed out, and the charter members are complaining about their bare feet, about their um, the smell, and about the the way they sing and everything. So it's kind of like it's funny. It, it provides some real humor, but just seeing the hippies and the homeless and the surfers come and sing praises to Christ, and to see them hungry for the Word, it it was just really moving. Um, so that that was a part that that I thought was was really grand. Um, the love story again between Greg and Kathy Laurie, spectacular. Um, the way they displayed that, and it seems to have been um, compared to Greg Laurie's biography, autobiography, um, to be accurate. So it seems like they really leaned on first sources on some of this. I appreciated the very brief moment where they they had to go from the church building, which they overfilled that church building, so then they start meeting under a white tent. Well. There were certain nights where Chuck Smith would preach, but other nights where Lonnie Frisbee would preach. Well, Lonnie Frisbee started doing some uh, rather bizarre things, and he started doing some healings. He started doing some slaying in the spirit. He started saying, I know somebody in the room that has this malady, and he would go over to them. Very similar to what we would expect, I think what you said you would expect at a revival in a tent meeting. Well, yeah. Chuck Smith started confronting mm-hmm. him about this and saying, you know what? You, you got to stop doing this. Uh, we don't know that this is really happening and this is going to become a distraction. So it was interesting. They kind of have a breakup in the movie and they, they kind of split up. Now, my understanding is later they reconciled. But I just thought that was fascinating because Chuck Smith, everything you learn or read about him was a man of the word. He was a man that taught the word regularly. And he taught it systematically. And there have been those that were part of his church that said, if you were part of Chuck Smith's church for two years, you're going to know your Bible really well because he really spent time teaching and preaching the whole counsel of God. So he wasn't into just singing, just emotionalism. Um, He was really grounded in the word. So those moments where you saw that tension between Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith. That was really good. One last thing I'll say was a positive. I think it's a positive about the movie. I've heard some people say it was a negative, but I think it was a positive. Um, There's been some that said it was negative because in the movie, they don't reference um, Lonnie Frisbee's what has been described as that he was a homosexual. And now the story actually goes with Lonnie Frisbee that during the time of the the historical time of the filming of, of this movie... Um, so the the era that they were covering, late sixties, early seventies, that everybody who knew Lonnie Frisbee, he was a dedicated husband to Charlene, and he he was not at all practicing homosexuality. He did fall into that sin, evidently. He died with AIDS ultimately, but he was abused as a child. But there were three different little booklets that are transcribed from his deathbed that they don't reference in the movie at all. But those three books, he he repents. He talks about how that he had sinned against God. He talked about the sin of homosexuality. He talked about the sin of what he had been doing and that he was right with God and this was wrong. Um, so three different little booklets were transcribed from his actual words that he recorded on his deathbed over months that really are testimony that uh, Lonnie repented And that he was truly a believer. So I was glad after reading and hearing about that, that the movie decided, the directors decided, we're not going to cover that aspect. Because that was after the time of the events of this movie. And you wouldn't have had time to really discuss um, how he died and what he repented of. So overall, the movie was so good that I've had my daughter say to me repeatedly, we need to go see it again, Dad, before it's out of the theater. So... That's my thumbs up.
0: Yeah. Well, why don't we pivot to your your thumbs down and maybe some of the areas of negatives that you saw in the movie. And I, I want to ask in relation to the typical Christianese Christian flick that you would see. We know that the gospel message is usually very, very prevalent in those movies, which is a fantastic positive of some of those Kirk Cameron and other Christianese-like movies. Uh, I'm curious, was the gospel message very clear? And maybe that'll lead directly into some of your your negatives associated with this one.
1: Yeah, thank you. I I think that's a good lead-in because that was one of my biggest disappointments with the movie, Ryan, is the gospel wasn't Clear. The clearest it was was when, as I mentioned, when Greg Laurie's baptized by Lonnie Frisbee and he leads him essentially in a sinner's prayer, and that was the clearest the gospel was throughout the movie. Now, I don't think that portrays Chuck Smith properly because again, I've never met Chuck Smith, but I have listened to some of his sermons that are on online, and those that do know Chuck Smith, we have folks at our church that were saved in the Jesus movement, during the Jesus Revolution, some of them were part of Calvary chapels, and some of them have actually heard Chuck Smith preach at the Calvary Chapel that they were part of. And my understanding is Chuck Smith was always in every sermon that those who knew him said he would give the gospel an invitation for people to repent of their sin and be saved every time he preached. So if you're going to have a movie where Chuck Smith is one of the main characters and you're trying to reflect historically what was this Jesus revolution all about, it seems to me you should have reflected the clarity of him giving the gospel as he did. And and that would have also influenced – I mean, it's already blown away their expectations in terms of what they're making at the box office for this movie. It was not supposed to be that great of a success And so you just think about the potential of how many people could have heard the gospel with clarity if it had been clearer. So that was disappointing to me. And another part of that that was disappointing is they show a lot of singing. They show a lot of emotion in these services, in these tent meetings. All that's good. But again, my understanding is that is not a good reflection of the Jesus revolution. My understanding is this was always true of Chuck Smith's ministry at Calvary Chapel. And it's actually true to this day in a lot of ways. I call Calvary Chapel, and I don't say this in a mean way or a pejorative way, but I, when I reference Calvary Chapels now, I, I say they're kind of like the Walmart of churches. I mean, you can go to almost any city and find a Calvary Chapel. And they, they're very tight in their franchise. <laughs> so you know, certain restaurants like Chick-fil-A, they're very tight on their franchise. You got to do it our way. Well, almost every Calvary Chapel you go into, number one, you're going to notice they don't do church membership. So they're, they're obviously not as Baptistic as we are. But they also, they mm-hmm. go through one chapter, almost every service you go to, they're going to go through one chapter of the Bible. They're just working through the Bible. So if you go there and they're working through Genesis, they've started over. And if it's Genesis 19 Sunday, that's what you're going to get, all of Genesis 19. Next Sunday, well, if you go back on Wednesday night, it might be Genesis 20 because they have a Wednesday night service, and they just do it. So you just are working through the scriptures. All that to say, Chuck Smith started that. And my understanding is these people weren't just coming on Sundays. They were coming to the tent every night, and they show that in the movie. But they were coming for hardcore discipleship and Bible study. It was not dominated by music. It was not dominated by testimonies. Even what we saw a lot of at the Asbury Revival, So I was disappointed that they didn't reflect what I've heard actually happened. And those that knew Chuck Smith said, no, these were not like just emotional meetings with a lot of singing. They were coming back every night for Bible study, almost every night of the week.
0: You would think just an opportunity of even a portion of a sermon by Chuck Smith, and especially the portion of the sermon where he's giving the gospel message would have been great to include. So. Appreciate your thumbs up and thumbs down, and I'll I'll do a quick correction on Rotten Tomatoes. It's actually a percentage, up to 100%. So, let's hear it. What's your Rotten Tomatoes percentage for Jesus Revolution?
1: Oh, so 100% is the highest, right? I just need to understand my my range here, and a 1% would be really bad. You know, I I think overall, I, I would give the film and just the acting, the overall presentation, I would give it a 96%. That would be my rating. Wow. Which I I know means very wow. little Fantastic. to anyone, but I'm thankful that you're acting like it means something to you, Ryan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it means a lot. I think yeah. Just to hear some of your negatives associated with the movie and you're still giving it a 96
1: Yeah, it was an excellent I movie. I, I, I wept a few times and um, laughed a lot. It, it was... And it was invigorating to my own soul and my own desire to share the gospel with groups of people that you feel maybe initially you don't you don't connect with. I mean, there's some funny moments in the in the movie where they show the elders of the church complaining that they're coming in barefooted because they're going to ruin the brand new shag carpet. Now, my understanding is that's yeah. not completely accurate that the but the story actually goes that Chuck Smith, they were holding the hippies back in the foyer early on, and they weren't going to let them in because they had this brand new shag carpet. And evidently, Chuck Smith, and this was told to me by, or I heard this by um, Elisa Childers' dad, who was actually brought in as a band love song. He was brought in to sing early on in that re- revolution. He got saved at Calvary Chapel when Chuck Smith was preaching one night. Um, but anyway, he said that the the story actually goes that Chuck Smith said to the elders, well, if you won't let the hippies in, we're going to tear out the brand new carpet. So they thought, oh, we better let them in then because we don't want to tear up the brand new carpet. So that that was <laughs> that was encouraging to me. So, yeah, that the reason I get the movie that high of a rating is um, I think it, every Christian that can ought to go see it. I, I really believe if it doesn't get you excited about sharing the gospel with people who aren't like you don't dress like you, don't sing like you, then your your wood is probably waterlogged if it doesn't set you ablaze. And one last thing I would say about this is the lessons that you learn in ministry. As a pastor, I, again, I was listening, taking it in, kind of thinking about ministry philosophy. One of the things that I found out about Chuck Smith by the movie and also reading about him is is Chuck Smith was solid biblically. He wasn't progressive. He wasn't leaning towards the newest trend. He was very set in making sure that those who came to know Christ through the Jesus Revolution, these hippies, these homeless, these these surfers, as well as the normal people, (laughs) that they be grounded in the word. However, he believed he could be very flexible culturally. So, he would not be moved theologically or biblically, but he believed you can you can culturally adapt to reach a generation. And so some of the music that he was allowing these hippies to, to sing, and it actually became the start of Christian music or CCM, Christian contemporary music as we know it today. Songs like little songs, little ditties that we're familiar with now, like Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God, Seek Ye First a Kingdom. That was started at the Jesus Revolution. They started singing these choruses. Hmm. And um, so sometimes we forget sure. how we were impacted by them. But um, yeah, it was a good movie. I recommend you seeing it. I recommend all of our listeners seeing it. And uh, hopefully it'll be as inspirational to you as it was to me and my daughter.
0: Yeah, appreciate that review, Brian. And uh, I think we ran over a little on time, but that was a, a, a great review, and I, I agree. I think it's going to get folks psyched up to to go and see it if they haven't seen it already. Uh, we do have some things that I want to just preview, and I know we previewed what's upcoming here over the course of the next couple months on the last episode, but just another quick reminder, we're getting back to Israel In the next couple episodes. So we're going to hear about your trip. I know we did the episode while you were in Israel. So we were across the world from each other when we were recording that. Uh, Now we get to hear that you're back and and how it went. And did the trip live up to your expectations? And specifically, if you recall from that episode, did some of those exciting high point places that you really were looking forward to? Did those places live up to your expectations? Or did they blow away your expectations? So Looking forward to those episodes. We'll also do the the hard questions episodes coming up as well. And uh, I think this is a good place to wrap. Well, my name is Ryan.
1: And my name is Brian.
0: Join us next time for more scripture and
1: plain reason. God's word is true and God's word is clear.